So as we go to our time of worship, we're going to title today's message, God Values Devotion. God Values Devotion. And let's have a look at Luke chapter 10, verses uh 25 through 27. This is a story that uh, we refer to, and this year we've had a lot of emphasis on one part of it, and today I want to have an emphasis on the first part of it. So, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. This story was obviously really important to the followers of Jesus because we see it repeated in other places as well. The backdrop to this story was that there were Jewish leaders who were challenging the identity of Jesus as the Messiah, the one that God predicted, the sent one who would come for the sal- their salvation. And we had a large group of Jewish believers that were teaching that if they did the right things, following the law of Moses with their actions by itself, regardless of where they were in their heart relationship with God, that then they would be saved and have a future in heaven. And what you see in Jesus' words quoting uh, this, which is actually coming to us from Deuteronomy, is that Jesus is bringing the focus to love God and love your neighbors in the same way you take care of yourself. But we, we see that Jesus brings a focus to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think it's helpful to read each of the three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and their account of this. And Let's focus on the first phrase, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is saying us coming to a place of personal, wholehearted devotion to God. In other words, God, I give my life to you. God, I will live for you. God, all that I am and all that I have is yours. It's wholehearted devotion. That's what that means. And I know uh, you might be thinking, okay, here we go, Pastor Ben. Simple message. I'm already there. I've already checked that box. Oh, time out. Hang in there with me. Um, let's have a heart check time. This was a reminder. Um, I don't know if you are aware, but the book of scripture that Jesus quoted the most was Deuteronomy. And so let's have a look at the context because Jesus keeps calling their attention to it. And actually what we see is Deuteronomy is primarily a reminder. And that, so we should not just skip over. We should have a time of reminder. That's a a kind of a heart check. uh, And it's really important for us. So Deuteronomy is written by Moses at about 1400 B.C., um, covering a period of about two months, is preparing the people uh, who had been a part of the exodus from Egypt that God had made possible to enter into the promised land. And Moses is reviewing their past with an eye on their future, and he's telling them God made a promise. 
I don't know what you're going through. I do know that we are now six months into the impact of coronavirus. Uh, so much going on in our country and the world in the way of pain and suffering and disasters and controversy and debate and, and, and uncertainty and different things going on. I don't know who needs to hear this today. But I believe with all my heart and soul that you need to hear this message. God made a promise. But we need to understand what that promise is and what our responsibility is in it. And here's four things that were being said as major themes of Deuteronomy. First, Moses was reminding the people to be faithful to the covenant God made with them. God had spoken very clearly earlier on, and then now anew after the people had rejected the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now he made it afresh with Moses, with the people before this, and Moses is reminding them, hey, God made a promise, but God also in his promise had some terms. He had some things that he wanted them to respond with. He made some promises, but he also described for them that if they rejected his promise and his terms, what would happen? So, Moses is reminding them to be faithful. Come on, be faithful to the covenant agreement that God made with you. And a covenant agreement with God is this uh, agreement promise of a lifelong devotion, a lifelong love relationship. That's a part of what is going on. Moses is also reminding them that love is the right motive for following God's guidance. Love. Not Hey, your motives don't matter. Just do it to get into heaven. No, he's very specifically saying love is the right motive for following God's guidance. You hear me talk about on a regular basis, out of a thank you, out of a love response to God. Well, that's all throughout scripture as what our relationship with God should be. Then third, Moses is saying God calls us to hear and obey his guidance. That's what he's telling people in Deuteronomy. God calls us to hear and obey his guidance. Number four, those who obey are blessed. Those who disobey will suffer the consequences. And, you know, in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses even, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Moses would would sing, would write songs, um, poems, uh, write history. Uh, he, he was a great uh, writer. He also operated in the prophetic, and he also predicted that there would be a time when they would go to other lands and they would worship other things, that they would get a heart disorder. They would get things out of order in their heart. And instead of loving God first and foremost, they would come to a time where they were loving and craving and worshiping and adoring other things more than God. And in that, in Deuteronomy 4, 29-31, Moses predicts, there you will search again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him in the distant future when you are suffering all these things. That's the consequences of having turned away from God. You will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors." This is amazing, but this is what Jesus is quoting. Jesus says in the Matthew 22 version of this story that this is the most important part of the scriptures. 
Lesson number one, the most important thing, the thing that should be your priority. In, in, in Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. There are some things that should be a priority to us. It's really easy for us to get distracted, and Jesus understood that. Now, he had Jesus had a relationship in person, eye-to-eye, ear-to-ear, um, with, he had a relationship with people, men and women who could see him, watch his behavior, uh, hear him, hear his tone of voice, uh, see his miracles. They, they also had uh, seen him put to death, falsely accused, put to death, and then raised from the dead miraculously. And after he'd been raised to the dead for a, over a month, he appeared to around 500 people. There were amazing things that happened. And so what I think is really informative, helpful to us, is to look at the question, how did the followers of Jesus respond? How did they respond to the things that they heard Jesus say? Because I think that's really helpful for us. And so if we're going to understand that uh, for our purpose today, I think we need to look at Acts chapter 2. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you'll follow along. Uh, we'll put it on the screen as well. But Acts chapter 2, how did the followers of Jesus respond? So now what's happened is Jesus had been resurrected. Jesus had returned to the Father, sent the Holy Spirit. They were filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and people were saying, what is going on? These are some strange happenings. And so now Peter is explaining explaining things to people who didn't understand. And he's speaking from his context of his relationship with Jesus when he heard Jesus say, hey, this is the most important thing. Love God with the best of your energy, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Peter is explaining things now to them. So we're picking up Acts chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. There's in Jerusalem, and that, and Jesus had just recently been there, so the, the news was around. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Carrying on verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised him, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us just as you see and hear today. Picking up verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the glory of God. Now, how did they respond? Verse 42, all the believers 
So a whole bunch of people, thousands of people gave their life to Christ, received Jesus as their Savior, the forgiveness of sins, and this new spiritual life. And then here's what they did next as a, as a response to this salvation. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What were they teaching? The teachings of Jesus and to fellowship, to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, communion, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to all those things, the teaching, the fellowship, the sharing in meal, including communion, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to that. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So, the followers of Jesus responded with devotion, and then when the, when miracles were happening and people came to them and asked them, what does this mean? That's what they said. And then they said, what should we do about this? And this is what they led them into, and it included this. It was primarily noted by a lifestyle of wholehearted devotion. That means authentic Committed, candid, complete, dedicated, determined, devoted, earnest, fervent, genuine, never failing, passionate, real, unwavering, and warm. Back in the first Sunday of this year, January 5th, uh, we talked about this and looked at Psalm 86, uh, verses 11 to 13. And you could still find that cityharborchurch.com slash messages, January 5th, wholehearted. Their wholehearted devotion, you know, I I learned that my life was a wreck without Jesus. Without Jesus, I was a selfish, um, horrible, hurt, hurting, and hurting others, human. Um, I, I was literally a detriment to people, um, and I could not... Despite all my best efforts to try to make myself happy, I could not figure it out. I couldn't. And um, I, I was overwhelmed with stress, anxiety, at times uh, depression, uh, a couple of times suicidal. Like I, my life was a wreck without Jesus. And but with Jesus, I have found peace. I found pleasure. I found purpose. I found new identity. I found new life. I found something to live for that was bigger than just me. And I found an identity that was not just dependent on what I do or don't do or, or, or the, the results of, of, of my best intentions. I found a life that was better than all of that because of Jesus. And one of the keys to it in my life is the same as what we see here with the followers of Jesus. And that is that I have thrown myself a hundred percent into a personal, wholehearted devotion in a relationship with God. That's how I have responded. And that's the only way that I have found things to be good. It's the only way. Now, as time goes by, 
just like the believers in Deuteronomy that needed to be reminded and in the New Testament that needed to be reminded, I have needed to be reminded. It's really easy in life to kind of drift. I start off going this direction, but I kind of drift. It's almost like if you're driving and looking at your phone and you start to drift out of your lane. That can be really dangerous. Uh, the same is true if you're walking down the street and you're looking at your phone and you start to drift. You drift into traffic and you can get hit. It's so dangerous. Hey, we're all human. Six months into coronavirus and we can be distracted. We can have, we can be overwhelmed by the challenges. We can be stressed. We can be full of anxiety. Maybe you know people that have kind of fallen away from, um, our relationships and small groups and the, the, the interacting with these videos or all the interpersonal com communication relationships that we're trying. Maybe even in your heart, you've gotten focused on the big challenges in life, or even maybe there's some secret sin going on. Maybe you've drifted into some bad habits, uh, with, with how you're spending your time. And, and it's, listen, it's really hard, uh, to avoid that. It's not an easy thing to avoid that. Um, and we, and our hearts can start to get bound up, mixed up, and can, can, can start to, to get the, the wrappings of our mistakes. And we start to feel bad about things that we've done, decisions that we've made, and, but maybe too embarrassed to talk to anybody about it. And when we choose to not, to, to live in the darkness, to not talk to anybody about what's going on. That's where the enemy of our soul is happy. Because the enemy of our soul then has an opportunity to really work on us. And we need to step into the light, believing that God will forgive us, believing that our Christians, brothers and sisters are for us. They're not going to condemn us, look down on us, be condescending or judging, but they want to help us. And we got to start to unwrap, unravel, step out of the things that have bound us and bring our hearts to God and, and accept the freedom and the love and the power that only God can bring. Listen, that is the main reason why we make ourselves available in all the ways that we do as City Harbor Church. It is the main reason why we use different resources to be helpful because sometimes somebody isn't talking to another person. And so uh, maybe it is with the Purple Book. The Purple Book is incredibly helpful in our personal and private uh, walk with God. And listen, it's not a ton of reading. It's mainly uh, a few questions um, with just a simple scripture verse uh, for each question. And you just write down a word or a phrase. Uh, and it is so helpful in understanding what I'm talking about right now and how to go about it in regular life. And then we also, with Celebrate Recovery, we have Life's Healing Choices that we use as a really important resource for finding healing and freedom from life's hurts and hangups and habits. And um, we want to surround you with good people to team up, to encourage you, to walk alongside you, not to try to fix you, but to help you walk with Jesus in a way that is pure, in a way that is holy, in a way that is helpful. And that's also the main purpose of emotionally healthy spirituality, is to help help encourage you, strengthen you, lift you up. So in this 
wholehearted devotion that Jesus calls us to, what is it that we learn from this? Well, one, God has shown us matchless love. There is no one who has loved you the way that God loves you. God is your source of life. You didn't bring yourself into this world. God gave your parents the ability, the creative ability for the miracle of your life. And God has made Jesus available with the miraculous kind of cleansing and washing away of anything from your past and the new sense of identity, new spiritual purpose, new pleasure in life. God has shown you matchless love. And two, we learn that we should love God with all our hearts. So God has shown us matchless love and we should love God with all our hearts. Now, how do we respond to that? Well, we got to ask God for help. You can't do this by yourself. Doing this by yourself is how you stay stuck. Have you ever felt stuck in life or trapped or like it's never going to get better? So let's pray right now. Come on. You know you need help with this. You could be, maybe you've been a believer for many, many years, but you're listening to me now and you're thinking, you know what? I don't know the last time that I prayed, God, I dedicate my whole life for you. God, I'm going to dedicate today. Today is for you, God. Um, come into every area of my life. So first of all, we got to ask God for help. Let's do that right now. God, help me. God, help my friends, help my church family, please, Lord, heal our hearts so that we can worship you. God, please help us Let, do miracles of spiritual freedom from life's hurts, hangups, and habits. Help us, God. We need a fresh strength, a spiritual grace in order to walk this out, in order to respond to you the way that we should. Thank you, God. So we ask God for help. I encourage you today and every day, ask God for help. Number two, receive the love of God. Repenting as needed. When you, when you realize that you've made mistakes of maybe doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing, uh, putting, um, something on a pedestal that is higher than God at the end of the day. You wouldn't say that that's true, but at the end of the day, that is what's actually become true. Um, that's sin. That's where you've missed the mark in relationship with God. And when uh, David was confronted with his sin of an immoral affair and having sex with another man's wife and then trying to cover it up and then conspiring to murder her husband, he was confronted by the prophet Nathan and he prayed this amazing prayer of confession of sin that I have found so very helpful. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. In other words, God, give me the new spiritual strength I need to walk right, to live right, to not make those mistakes again. God, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Renew a right spirit in me. This is, he, he was, we, we see this evidenced in, in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This relationship with David, Jesus called on in his teaching, he modeled it, and that's why Peter on that day in Acts 2 was quoting the prophecy of Joel chapter 2 where Joel, God had revealed to Joel his own heart towards his people, verses 12 to 13. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is still time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief. In other words, religious actions, but tear your hearts instead. Be brokenhearted about your sin. Return to the Lord, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. God wants to forgive you. Let's not wait another second to confess our wrongs. Let's pray again right now. God, we confess anywhere we have been slow to confess where we've been wrong. Please, God, we have done wrong. There's been wrong in our hearts. Please forgive us of this wrong. Wash us clean. Make us whole. Give us new spiritual strength. Give us a new spiritual heart. Lord, please don't take your Holy Spirit from us, but Lord, give us this strength of heart, the strength of spirit to be able to walk in your guidance, to be able to uh, to, to, to be faithful to you. Give us a clean heart, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. How do we respond? Number three, remove any obstacle to our wholehearted love for God. Listen, it's time to walk away from any distracting forces from the outside. You, you've got, listen, we, God wants us to have pleasure and peace in this life, but if we drift into getting most of our pleasure and peace from things other than God, we become weaker. And most likely, what most of us have encountered over the past six months with coronavirus impact is that we have found where there is spiritual weakness in us, where we are relying on things other than God. And hey, don't feel bad about it. We're all in this together. Myself... Rebecca, all of us, we all go through this at times, and we that's why we need a reminder. Listen, Deuteronomy and the words of Jesus and the words of, of Peter here, they're for everybody. Everybody needs this reminder. Don't feel bad about it. No one here from our church is here to try to fix you. We love you. We want to help you and encourage you. But you only you can make a decision for yourself to get rid of the obstacles. And maybe there are some of the things that are just, they are good for you to enjoy, but you need to enjoy them a little bit less and you need to wrangle your flesh, grab your spirit by the collar of your neck and bring yourself back into, put your face into the love of God. Spend time on the love of God and let that be your primary source of joy, your primary source of strength. That's the way that it should be. But sometimes we've got to get things out of the way. And this is why, you know, I use a physical, I, I use my physical Bible and my physical journal, uh, because I put away my iPad, I put away, and I love my Bible software on my iPad and, and, and my, on my phone. I've got my daily Bible reader and all that stuff. But I put those things away when I'm spending time with God so that there's no distraction. And if it's a, a bad habit that you've slipped into in the last six months, you got sometimes you have to remove um, objects. 
Sometimes you got to take a break from certain relationships. Sometimes you got to turn certain things off. Maybe cancel certain subscriptions. Maybe um, remove certain apps from your phone. Whatever it takes, remove the obstacle, anything that is depleting your wholehearted love for God. Now, this also should come with a learning how to trust God, learning how to rely on God completely again. And that means learning to control your stress and anxiety, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, that I pray every day. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge him. He will direct my path. God's going to direct you. God's going to be there to help you. Now, well, what else do we do here? How do we do it? Love God with all your heart. It's really simple. Make a decision right here, right now. You're going to love God with the best of your energy. Let me pray for you. Come on, let's do this together today. God, we come to you. We thank you that you have forgiven us. We thank you that you've given us new life. We thank you that you love us. I thank you, God. We believe that you've called us to wholehearted devotion for our benefit, but also because it is your good will. And your good will includes your shalom peace, which is bringing every one of us in every area of our life to full health, to, 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 to full strength. You're calling us to your shalom peace that we would live in a constant awareness of you, receiving your love, reflecting on your love, giving you love. We know that that's your plan. So God, we're asking you for help. We're asking you for forgiveness. And today we pray a fresh prayer of dedication. We live for you. You are our one and only. You are the top priority. God, we will devote ourselves completely to you. We will live devoted to you, God, that all of our life, our spiritual energy, our physical energy, our finances, our time management, our energy, everything that we do, you are the priority. We're going to give, we're going to live out of wholehearted devotion to you. I thank you for that today, God, in the name of Jesus. In closing, I want to just uh, give you some of the benefits that we see for living in this wholehearted devotion. And I'm going to uh, quickly lift out of Deuteronomy 4, 5, 6, and 7. Here's what Moses said, inspired by God to the people about the benefits of their following this advice to live in wholehearted devotion. If you obey all the decrees and commands I'm giving you today, that's God speaking to the people. I will, all will be well with you and your children. I'm giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives you are about to enter and in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And the Lord your God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so that he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. 
He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. But he does not hesitate to punish and destroy those who reject him. Therefore, you must obey all these commands, decrees, and regulations I'm giving you today. And we read these verses through the filter of the new covenant, the teachings of Jesus, and Jesus making it very clear that the priority is... Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Wow. Wow. You know, it's so simple, but it's so important, and it's not easy, and we need help. So I really hope that you will not just uh, keep this to yourself today but that you will talk about it with other church members, with Rebecca and I, that you will talk about it pray for each other, your friends, your church family. Um, they're also in this with you. And you might think that they don't have any problems, but they do. You might think that they may not be hiding anything, but they, they probably are. Let's support each other. Let's encourage each other. We can do this. Um, and I think it's going to be incredibly helpful. What I want us to do now is I want us to turn to a time of worship with all of this spiritual energy to love God with the best, our, with all. Let's love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 